Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 29 of Genesis chapter 6. And we're reading verses 21 and 22. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. In our last study, we saw how this food that God commanded Noah to um, to take and to gather and to store on the ark was to be food for Noah and his family and for them, all of the animals. And that uh, pictured, it represented God's spiritual nourishment that would identify um, after the tribulation with the feeding of sheep. And, and we saw how this point, or the point that this food was to be eaten, was not prior to the flood. As a matter of fact, what good would the food do if the food were gathered and eaten before the door of the ark shut, before the floodwaters came, so, of course, it, it wasn't to be utilized then. It wasn't for that time. But the food that God commanded Noah to take aboard the ark was to be reserved. It was to be kept as a provision for the duration of the flood, for the, the time from the point of the shutting of the door until they would emerge out of the ark, and maybe even for a little while after that, because it, it would be a while before you, they could grow food. And so the storage of this food very much reminds us of another historical account in the book of Genesis, which uh, is later on in the book. It's um, in Genesis chapter 41, when Pharaoh has dreamed a dream, and uh, no one could interpret it, but then it was told him that there was a young Hebrew man in prison who had the ability to interpret dreams. And, and so Joseph was called hastily out of the, the dungeon and came before Pharaoh and told Pharaoh that he could interpret his dream because God had given him that gift, and the interpretation would come from God. As part of the interpretation, Pharaoh's dream had to do with seven fat cows followed by seven skinny cows that devoured the seven fat cows. And Pharaoh's dream also had to do with corn. Seven fat ears of corn and and good, and seven thin and awful ears of corn. Then the seven 
thin ears of corn devoured the seven fat ears of corn. Well, Joseph interpreted the dream by God's grace to Pharaoh that the seven fat cows well-nourished and and the seven full stalks of corn represented seven years of plenty, seven years of good uh, concerning crops and harvest and and a time when the earth would uh, produce abundantly and and they could uh, just take the harvest by handfuls. There was so much. Followed by seven years of famine. And then Joseph said this to Pharaoh in Genesis 41, beginning in verse 33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years and let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities and that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And and that was the wisdom of God that was given to Joseph as Joseph relayed the interpretation of the dream to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh and his servants thought it was good. And and then there followed seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And during that time, it says in verse 47 of Genesis 41, And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls, and he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities The food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. Okay, so for seven years they took a fifth and and they began to store it up in storehouses in certain cities throughout the land of Egypt. And, and they didn't touch it. They didn't touch that corn, th- that food. It was kept in reserve and they had no need to touch it because there was such an abundance of food during this first seven year period. So it was, um, fine with everyone. No one lacked any food at all. No one was going hungry in Egypt. The land was yielding tremendously. And, and and so each year, Joseph, who was put in charge of the whole project, took a portion from year one and year two all the way through year seven of the grain. And he kept storing it and storing it and storing it until it was like the sand of the sea. Yet, according to Pharaoh's dream that really came from God, 
and according to the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream that, that God granted him, he knew that following the seven years of plenty would come seven years of famine. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 7 concerning that seven years of famine. It says in Acts 7 verse 11, Now there came a dearth over all the land of Egypt and Canaan and great affliction and our father's found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And at the second, Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. And and, and so in verse 11 of Acts 7, it calls the dearth great affliction. And those two words in the Greek are megas, and you can hear the word mega, uh, like megaphone, something that amplifies something that is great. Megas thalipsis. Thalipsis is the word for tribulation. Those are the same two Greek words that we find in Matthew 24, where it, where it speaks of great tribulation. There will be great tribulation such as there never was. And, and that great tribulation we have come to know, as God has opened up the information to us, was a 23-year period that began May 21, 1988, and continued for 23 full years until May 21, 2011. That was the period of Great Tribulation. And the seven years of famine, Great Tribulation. So we know that the seven years of famine that immediately followed the seven years of plenty had to do with the great tribulation that comes upon the churches of the world, the world itself, at the end of time, in our day. We have actually gone through that period. And, And so we wonder, well, what are the seven years of plenty? The seven years of plenty would relate to the period when uh, the Bible was being compiled because the food of the seven years of plenty relates or ties in or is a picture of the word of God. And, and so God gave his word from, from Moses. It started with Moses when they came out of Egypt or actually before that when he met the Lord in, in uh, his time in the wilderness and then was brought to Egypt to deliver them, so say about 1447 until the end of the first century, a period of over 1500 years, God was compiling his word. And it was um, a bountiful time. And even after the Bible was completed, there was the opening of understanding to the New Testament churches and congregations where they were granted um, greater insight than Old Testament Israel had had. The mystery of the Gentiles had been revealed to them. Many other things through Christ's parables had opened up understanding to um, a higher degree throughout the period of the church age. The, the church age 
was not a period of lacking blessing from the word of God. No, the churches and congregations had the whole Bible and were given much truth throughout the the entire 1955-year period of the church age, and and they were blessed. And, and they came to understanding of certain doctrines like election or the Trinity um, or um, uh, things of that nature. They, they had understanding of the holiness of God, of uh, that it was sola scriptura, the Bible alone, and, and so forth. And, and this was rich spiritual food. They had no need for information about the end of the church age or information concerning the mapping out of God's program of um, the Great Tribulation and the Latter Reign and, and Judgment Day itself because it was not for them. They had plenty, they had sufficient, as their focus was to be on uh, uh, bringing the word of God to the nations, spreading the Bible to the four corners of the earth, and ministering to the elect, that 144,000, the first fruits unto God that would come in to the churches and congregations. And all that was done. So, so the, the church age was not a period of famine. It was a period of rain early rain, and a period of fruit, the first fruits. And the word of God spread across the face of the earth in a tremendous way. It really was a time of great plenty, or a continuance of the time of great plenty from the point of the Bible's compilization until finally, though, in 1988, The day before Pentecost, May 21, God brought an end to the church age and a grievous famine of 2300 days occurred. The Holy Spirit came out of the midst of the church and and there was not yet any program of evangelizing the earth with the latter rain. It, It was terrible where it was a time wherein virtually no one was being saved and that agrees and matches with the seven years of famine. And and remember with Pharaoh's dream, when the seven um, starving cows would swallow up the seven fat cows, and, and the seven thin ears would swallow up the seven fat ears, they, they would be no better. So you, you couldn't know that they had just swallowed up the cows or swallowed up those good ears of corn. And and then the interpretation was that the years of plenty would be forgotten because of how grievous the famine would be. And that's exactly what happened beginning with the judgment on the churches and the beginning of the Great Tribulation. The time of plenteousness that was almost in effect for 2,000 years in all the churches of the world, was quickly forgotten because the moment the Holy Spirit departed out of the midst of the church and and the abomination of desolation came in and was established, well, from that point, 
there there was this awful terrible famine and and it caused us to forget any good that had been for century after century after century prior for for again two millennium and and this is the great tribulation that um the seven years of famine typified and that through the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream, Joseph stored up corn. And the corn is a figure of the Word of God, the Bible, but it's a figure of truths that were not previously understood or known. It's a type and a figure of information that would be brought forth concerning the doctrine of hell, concerning Christ dying and paying for sins at the point of the world's foundation and not in 33 AD. So the corn really typified, it could typify clarification of doctrines that had been incorrectly or erroneously taught, maybe throughout the whole church age. And it had to do with the bringing forth of doctrines like the end of the church age and the command to come out of the churches and congregations and to, uh, to leave the church and go into the world. The, this was all part of the corn. It, it, was, it was like a new covenant, according to Hebrews chapter 8, where God finding fault with them, the Old and the New Testament, or man's inability to properly understand his written word, the Bible, God brought forth, uh, as it were, a new covenant which would be all of this tremendous amount of grain and corn of the word that had been sealed up until the time of the end. You see how Joseph sealed the grain in the storehouses. No one could get to it until the famine. God sealed his word, as he said in Daniel, till the time of the end, the knowledge would increase. And, and we, we've gone, again, we've gone through that time. We've seen how it's worked out, how mysteries have been unsealed and revealed to the people of God. Just, just glorious things, tremendous things that served to nourish and feed God's people during the second part of the Great Tribulation and the latter reign. And, 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 and so it, it was, a, um, just a tremendous blessing that God made provision for his people against the years of famine, against the years of tribulation, the time when the churches would have famine for the full 23 year period. God, in his infinite wisdom, provided for his people. Well, now here in Genesis, we're seeing God do the same thing. Yet it's not concerning the great tribulation. It says again in Genesis 6, verse 21, And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. They were to store up the food. And again, they probably had to dry a lot of foods and, and grains or, or whatever. And, and place it on the ark. And this was done 
sometime within the 120-year period before the flood began, probably the, a couple of years um, all the way up until the point that they would finally shut the door, they, they were storing food. That food could not be eaten just like uh, the food reserved in the storehouses in Joseph's day could not be eaten. That food was reserved against not the Great Tribulation. The food on the ark was kept in store, reserved against the judgment day of God. The day when the door of the ark would shut and the flood would begin, the waters would fall from heaven and come from beneath and and that awful deluge would take place, well, there had to be food for the eight souls and for all of the animals. And so it was in God's design, part of the information given to Noah was make sure you store up sufficient food. In this case, it would be for a flood that would last one full year. And and maybe they would need some food even after they got off the ark. But again, that food represents and typifies the Word of God, the Bible. And not only the Bible, but but since it's food that could not previously have been eaten, it it must also represent progressive revelation, that is, God continuing what he began at the beginning of the Great Tribulation, the unsealing of his word, and and the bringing forth of understanding to his people concerning many doctrines, many things that the Bible spoke about, very major things. Likewise, since the food could not be touched before they were on the ark, before the door shut, it must be that God has stored up information against the day of judgment, against the day of the Lord's wrath. And that information will be brought forth to feed all on board the ark, and the ark typifies Christ, so all that have become saved and that are in Jesus, remember our life um, uh, we're, we're dead and our life is hid with Christ in God. All that are in the Lord Jesus Christ will be spiritually fed after the 17th day of the second month throughout the duration of the flood while the waters ascended and then when the waters descended until finally they came off the ship. And, and that is exactly what's been happening. We've learned, for instance, since May 21, 2011, that God has brought to pass a spiritual judgment that is exactly like the judgment that was on the churches. The cup of God's wrath identifies with a spiritual outpouring of punishment upon the the inhabitants of the earth. We didn't know that previously. We we thought it would be a physical manifestation, a physical judgment for five months. We've also learned many things concerning the elect's role in the judgment that we are left. We, we're not raptured out of the world. 
and and that we remain on the earth to go through this time. And and while we're here, we're being severely tried and tested. And we are also appearing before the judgment seat of Christ. And, and that is something, yes, that uh, maybe some theologians within the churches have said that we must appear, but their idea was uh, before the, the great white throne in heaven and we come forth and, and it, it was all um, misconstrued and misunderstood. But now we realize it means that we are going through the judgment as the world is being judged and therefore making an appearance or making manifest the judgment that we have already been judged in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ from the foundation of the world. And what will complete the manifestation of that judgment is our endurance until the end. Because only the ones that are saved, only the ones that have no sin upon them, will endure to the end. So we have learned that God's elect, the body of Christ, are filling up his suffering by following his example as Jesus went through a demonstration, his life a tableau, and finally going to the cross. So too are God's people following that example and appearing before the judgment seat of God. And and just as Jesus had no sin upon him when he made those things manifest that that he had done from the world's foundation, so also God's elect bear no sin as we are going through this period of time. And and then as Jesus was lifted up at the foundation of the world and and uh, even after his manifestation he resurrected Likewise, the people of God will resurrect because they have no sin upon them at the completion of this time. And, and, and so this is a major doctrine, a major doctrine we now understand we have never previously understood. No one has understood what 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 meant when it said that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. No one has previously understood it because, well, it, it was sealed up. It was provision, food, reserved against the day of judgment that was to be kept for those on board the ark while they went through the flood. Now, there's other information concerning the baptism that we're being baptized with and drinking of the cup as Christ drank, that all fits in with that, that again, we now have a proper understanding of. And there's also the fact that we have learned that on May 21, 2011, Satan was deposed and the Lord Jesus Christ is reigning, ruling with a rod of iron, ruling the nations. And and again, People have um, incorrectly uh, tried to tie that in with a thousand-year period of rule. And and no, it, it only fits this time, this time period. As a matter of fact, the word rule, 
where in every case in Revelation, it's three times stated that Jesus is ruling with a rod of iron. The, the Greek word translated as rule is the same word as feed, where Christ says uh, once uh, out of the three times, feed my sheep. It's the same word, rule. So the Lord Jesus Christ is ruling or feeding with a rod of iron. That is, he, the great shepherd, and we are his sheep. And ultimately, uh, even though he used human instruments to carry out his command to feed, he gets the glory. He's feeding and through his people. And he's doing so with a rod of iron. The rod is the word of God that is bringing forth the message of judgment. This message of judgment feeds the people of God. It is Christ's rule, and it is the manner in which he feeds his sheep. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.